Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. And for addicts, you know, we don't give uh, two dams about dying. Like, we're so easy to accept death when we're in active addiction. Like, we don't care. You know, we put drugs in our body and we just don't care. But yet we're not so easy to accept life and recovery. My guest today is named Mike Fiore. He is a motivational speaker and founder and CEO of Inspire to Inspire. Welcome to the show, Mike. Brett, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate First and foremost, I always like to thank people that um, have a platform for us to speak on and give us a voice. You know, because uh, I do feel like our stories are our weapons of mass destruction against our disease. And the more we put out there, the more information that goes out there, the more that people hear that they're not alone, you know, the stronger we get. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Um, as far as my background story, I don't get into war stories. War stories are just not a good energy or a good headspace for me to be in. Um, as far as qualifications go, um, my father was a heroin addict. He shared needles. He got HIV. He died of AIDS in 09. My mother contracted the virus from him. My mother was also an addict. My father was on methadone to the day he died. So I got to witness firsthand what this disease does, you know, as far as the deterioration of the body. And, you know, like I had great parents. I didn't live in a so-called quote-unquote junkie household. You know, like we had Christmases, you know, we had nice stuff in the house. You know, like I didn't really have a bad childhood, which led me to drug use. Like I didn't have child trauma that led me to drug use. I didn't pick up heroin my whole life because of my father. My father took that hit for me. My thing was opiates, it was pills, it was, you know, cocaine, it was all that other stuff. And I, I thought because I wasn't doing heroin, I wasn't an addict, you know, like the, the, just the perception of the whole thing was, uh, that was my justification for what it is I did what I did. And like I was saying, I didn't have a, rough childhood which led to drug my my usage was more because of perception right as i was easily liked as a child so that validation that you know that likeness was my high but even before the drug because i don't believe we're addicts because we use drugs i believe we use drugs because we're addicts that's why there's eating disorders that's why there's gambling that's why there's sex it's just a vice that i chose to do you know the addiction in my opinion is the thinking but the perception. So as I grew older, that being something that was very important to me, how people seen me, you know, it was more important than how I seen myself, basically. So like if you thought I had something I didn't have, I thought it was cool with it. 
if you thought I did something that I didn't do, I was cool with it because what you thought about me was more important than what I thought about myself. But what that led to was me manipulating and me lying and me becoming something that I thought you would like. I never was myself. And in that process, you know, there's a cult, a friend of everyone is a friend of nobody. You know, like that's the, that was my issue. I tried to be everyone's friend. So I had to conform. I had to go against my standards, had to go against my own core values, my own beliefs. And what that led me to do was one day I walked into my bathroom and I remember this, like just it. I looked in the mirror and I didn't know who I was looking at, you know, like, and it, it, I went like a whole year without walking, without looking in the mirror because of this. It allowed me to be okay with you knowing things about me that wasn't true. But if I was able to make you believe that, my ego was satisfied with it. And then pride, because pride and ego go hand in hand, pride would come in and be like, well, you could stop whenever you want. Because pride's always about what you could do tomorrow without doing it today, in my opinion. You know, and then the ego would allow me to live off past accomplishments and not have to do things today. So the drug usage really started and became an issue. When dad passed away, I was, I think, maybe 23. I didn't get no closure. I didn't get no resolution. You know, I was high at his deathbed. You know, when he, when he flatlined, I was high at his funeral. So, like, I gave everything to this addiction, everything, and got nothing back. And our addiction is so selfish. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a fuck about us. It wants to take our life. So then it can take our family members' lives as well by taking our life. And... Things really switch. The perspective switch. You know, people ask, you know, uh, you know, when did it when did it get better? You know, and it, and it's it's funny. It got better for me when my mother passed away. And my mother was my best friend, man. She was my my rock. She was my plan B. You know, she passed away on Thanksgiving. And when she passed away on Thanksgiving, I had only been drug free three weeks. I got drug free off the methadone November third. Uh, the last time I used to get high was June 12th, but I don't start counting until I got off the methadone because you're still somewhat under the influence. Your mind ain't totally clear yet. But when she passed away on Thanksgiving, a lot changed for me. You know, I used to get high on the thought of my mother dying because, like I said, she contracted the virus from my father. So she lived with it for a while. And she beat three different types of cancers, you know, like uh, she'd been through a lot. And when she was on that deathbed, Something came to me and, you know, spirituality, I understand people don't like to say God, right? Spirituality is just your relationship with reality. You know, you don't want to say God, higher power. For me, it's God, though. And what happened there was my perspective switched, right? People say, well, what's the one thing you got to change in recovery? They say everything. I don't personally agree with that. Changing everything seems like a lot of work. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not one to really want to put in the work all the time. So what I realized was I had a, when I changed my perspective and how I looked at everything, I didn't have to start changing things individually. Things started changing on their own because of how I looked at it. And what I mean is I stopped looking at things happening to me and started looking at things happening for me. So therefore now everything has value. So now while my mother's on this deathbed, she's unconscious, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and you know, these thoughts are coming to me. And this is why I don't question God's wisdom. I don't ask why, you know, like my mother's death happened for me, didn't happen to me. And what I mean is she was my plan B. And when you have a plan B, you don't go hard enough on plan A. Like I didn't have to pay rent. I could always go back home and live with mom. I could always spend my full paycheck on drugs. I could always go to mom and get money. So when he removed my mother out of my life, it was like make a break time, fight a flight time. You know, it was like, 
the one person in this world that's going to love me unconditionally, no matter what I did. My mother never turned her back on me. And that person is no longer here now. So it was like, God's like, all right, now let's see what you got or something like that. And what happened was I learned how to stand on my own two feet and I learned how to love myself and people, you know, like I, I think we, we get the wrong misconception of what loving ourselves is. Love to me is not a feeling. Love to me is an action. Love is something you do despite how you feel, right? So loving myself meant I was willing to do what I needed to do for myself despite how I feel because it's motivation that we're always looking for in recovery, but we don't wake up with it, right? And again, my, my perspective had me, has me really seeing life in a different light, right? So motivation, like I had to learn how to build motivation. And what I realized was discipline will lead to, you know what I'm saying, good habits. Good habits and then lead to progress. You know what I'm saying? Progress then leads to happiness. Happiness then leads to motivation. So what I realized is the motivation didn't never had in my life until I was happy. You know, so like, how do we get happy? And it's progress. It's constantly working on ourselves. So while my mother's sitting on this deathbed, I got to see how temporary and fragile life is. And for addicts, you know, we don't give uh, two dams about dying. Like we're so easy to accept death when we're in active addiction. Like we don't care. You know, we put drugs in our body and we just don't care. But yet we're not so easy to accept life and recovery. I never had joy, happiness or success in my life because now, like I said, my perspective equals my potential. So how you look at anything is how you look at everything. So what I realized, I never had joy in my life because I always just suppressed the pain with drugs. I never had happiness in my life because I always suppressed sadness and I never had success because I never learned from my failures. So what I'm realizing in life is my perspective, right? Things are happening for us again, not to us. Pain happens for us so we can understand what joy feels like because you can't have one without the other. Sadness happens to us so we can understand what happiness is because if you were happy all the time, I don't think it would be called happiness. We wouldn't know what happiness is if there wasn't sadness in the world, you know, and then success and failure. There's more success in your failures than there is in the results of whatever it is you're going for, because success makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Like success is my biggest trigger in life. Success makes me feel like I'm walking this path correctly. And for me, with someone with an ego like myself, it's a dangerous place to be because then I get real complacent. You know, they say it's a journey. It's not a destination. Well, my success makes me feel like I've arrived somewhere. And once you feel like you arrived, just look like an artist or anybody that's climbing to the top of their creative mountain, so to say. When they get to the top of their so-called mountain and they're successful, they're famous, their, their music falls off, their creativity falls off. Because when you get to a destination, let's say when you get home, what happens when you get home? Well, hopefully it should happen, is you get relaxed. You're comfortable. We don't grow when we're relaxed and comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I realized this is a journey. And the fact is the journey has took a lot of pressure off me. But going back to, you know, like accepting both sides of the spectrum when it comes to life, right? What I realized is that I have the power of choice now. And I used to never, I used to think I used against my will. I, I was mistaken by that. I didn't use against my will. I used because of my will. I took my will back. I thought I knew better. It's going to be the one addict that could use successfully. How many different schemes did I come up with? I'm only going to use on the weekends. I'm only going to spend half my paycheck. I'm not going to, um, you know, get high around my girlfriend. I'm not going to get high at work. All these things that I thought I was so smart at, 
know what I'm saying? My addiction was just laughing at me at the end of the day. So the discomfort is I'm learning that there's more in it than there is in the comfortability. Uh, my, my trigger is success. So how do I deal with that now? I found the, I found a way to get humble. And the way I get humble with it is I find success in my failures rather success in the results of the things I'm doing, because life's all about losing. We're going to lose more than what we're going to gain. We're going to lose people. We're going to lose our teeth. We're going to lose our hair. We're, you know what I'm saying? We're going to, we're going to use, lose strength as we go. So it's how I accept loss is how I will win at today. So now everything that I'm going through in life has value now. Like I don't get angry. Angry is a privilege that we give people. I just don't give people that privilege no more because I'm not angry no more. Like you can't love someone if you don't love yourself. You can't trust somebody if you don't trust yourself. You know what I'm saying? How we feel within is the, the biggest thing that I realized. Like I could control my feelings today. I can control the reaction. The thoughts I have no control over. And that's another thing I learned in recovery that's really helped me. The thoughts are always going to come in our head. Like the, our addiction works parallel with us, even in recovery. You could be doing a great program, working a great program, doing great things for yourself. Our addiction doesn't fall behind. Our addiction stays with us. So me knowing that and me knowing that it's always around the same things that took me to the depths of darkness. And I've been there, dude. You know what I'm saying? I had suicide letters, you know, I, all of it. The same thing that brought me to the depths of darkness is the same thing that has me in the light. You know what I'm saying? Like from inside a treatment facility, I just graduated well, about maybe a week ago and I got to move to California and I'm in California. I'm living my dream. You know, California was always something, even as a child, I didn't know why I didn't have family. I always wanted to be something I always wanted to do, but with drugs, you can't do that. I used to have to Google how to get drugs on the plane and all this type of shit. And it would just scare me and I just wouldn't do it. Well, at the end of the day, like it's how we look at it because the same things that brought me down are the same things that are helping me rise just because I'm using it in a different perspective. Because it really, at the end of the day, that's all I changed was just how I looked at things. Thoughts, going back to the thoughts, they're only thoughts. When we make them reality, then they destroy us. So triggers, cravings, everything like that, I see that as myself winning. Because one, my addiction is letting me know that it's always there. So that's why I don't get complacent. Two, I realized the resistance in life only comes when you're doing good. What I mean is like the haters come in your life when you're doing something positive to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody hates on the bum that lives underneath the bridge because he's not doing nothing with himself. But they hate on the man with the mansion on the Porsche. You know, like, which one do you want to be? You want to be the addict that shows other addicts how not to live? Or you want to be the addict that shows other addicts how to live? So I change. I want to be the addict that shows other addicts like it can get better because that's why I recover out loud, because there's so many of us dying in silence. Connections is the opposite of addiction. It's not sobriety. It's not recovery, because I know people in sobriety and recovery that are just dry or clean. You know what I'm saying? They just don't have to drug with it. That's not the issue. It's a issue. The issue is how we process, how we prepare, how we have critical thinking. It's how we react to things that that's the whole thing because recovery to me is a lifestyle it's a mindset it's not the absence of drugs you know what i'm saying because that's why i think i would fail a lot of times because i would remove the drug out of my life but yet it would get better for a little bit but never long i would never have longevity because i thought it was the drug i was still acting the same i was still moving the same you know what i'm saying like this is why connections is because it's not what we know in life it's who we know in life and that's everything that's with everything because we all know how to do this. 
You know what I'm saying? We all know the process, but it doesn't start working until you get people in your life that could show you how to do this. Because in my opinion, you need three different types of people in your life. You need people that are further down the road of you in recovery or wherever it is you want to succeed at life. So therefore they could teach you. So therefore you could see it's possible because we emulate what we see, just like babies as, as infants. We walk on two legs because whoever's raising us is walking on two legs. If you put us in a jungle with monkeys, we might walk on all fours, kind of like Tarzan in a sense. So like when you have the right people in your life showing you how to live this, there's a lot that comes from that. You know what I'm saying? You're always learning, which life's always going to teach so we can never stop learning, right? But you're always learning something, but you're also giving somebody purpose because we all want value. We all want purpose. So you're giving someone purpose that could teach you. So now you're giving them value. So they're being able to what? Give what they got. When you give what you got, you know what I'm saying? You get to see the appreciation for the journey that you are on. So not only are you learning, you're helping someone give value. Then you need people that are on your level that could support you, kind of like the baby that fell. What happened when the baby fell? Whoever was raising the baby's clapping, like, yeah, get back up. You could do it. We need that kind of encouragement. We need help in the form of support. We don't need help in the form of doing it for us because then we don't appreciate it. Then we need people that are a little further behind on us so then we could teach. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, we could be the ones that are showing someone. So therefore, we could give what we got. So therefore, we can then understand and appreciate the journey that we've been on. So therefore, we're always learning about the struggle. We're always being supported on our struggle. And we're always teaching someone about our struggle. You know what I'm saying? So this is from a real quick, from where I was to how I got here to where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? I've been able to create something for myself. I made my message to a message. You know what I'm saying? From inside a treatment facility, I built a brand that's pretty much known in a lot of parts of this world. I started a clothing line. I'm partners on an app. You know what I'm saying? I went on tour. I'm in California. I'm on, you know what I'm saying? Speaking at treatment facilities here, starting to get paid for all this stuff. So I like at the end of the day, like it's not I could do it. You could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I believe in all of us, but it, like me believing in you is not enough. What's stopping you from believing in yourself? And what would stop me from believing in myself? I was asking the wrong questions, right? I don't ask myself why, because why doesn't answer things. I ask myself how. It's more abstract. What I mean is why am I an addict? Uh, how did I become an addict? There's more answers into that. Why is my life so shitty? Uh, how did my life become so shitty? There, there are steps that was taken for me to get where I am today. You know what I'm saying? When I ask myself how instead of why, I get a better blueprint on how to fix the future because I don't look to change the past. Change is inevitable. So you can't stop something that's inevitable. The past is there for a reason. It's there to show us how to be better in the future. But how we learn our lessons and how we see the blessings in it is the passion that we have for it. Like I had a passion to do drugs. So I learned different ways of getting drugs. I learned different schemes of doing drugs because I had a passion to get high. The same passion is in recovery for me today. I have a passion for it. Like I refuse to lose today. Like I refuse to give my mother's addiction to a debt that I gave everything to. It does not get my mother's debt. You know what I'm saying? I will not numb this feeling. It's pain sometimes. It's upsetting. But my addiction wants me to mourn my mother. Remember, self-talk is the program that we install into our computer, which is the brain. So like my self-talk is so important. When you first wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you're saying to yourself? Because I used to say, fuck. And I used to hate waking up in the morning. So therefore, guess what? My whole day sucked because we're going to look to prove our theory right. 
whatever we wake up, the thoughts we're having, the self-talk we're having, we're going to look to prove that theory right rather than to prove it wrong because of how we feel with inside of ourselves. So now the self-talk had to change for me. And a lot of things are like little by little starting to change because the best advice I've ever gotten was take your time and go even slower. And I used to hate that shit. Take your time and all these cliches. And I used to, you know, you know that shit don't work for me. But like, it didn't work for me because I didn't allow it to work for me. You know what I'm saying? The word I can't, the word I can't, I don't say. If I say I can't, I say I can't get high today. You know what I'm saying? But I don't say I can't do things because I can't as a prison that will always live in. You know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, judgment. You know what I'm saying? Judgment is like being a prisoner inside a cell and being watched. You know what I'm saying? Like people's judgment don't matter much to me no more because I don't judge myself. And how I got over that was I took my backyard. I made it my front porch. You know what I'm saying? So the first things you're going to get to know about me is the things I've done. Because once you realize that everyone in this world is fucked up in a way and everyone has demons and everyone is dealing with something, I think it makes it a little bit easier that whatever you're going through, you can put out there. Some people are different than others. You know what I'm saying? Some people are introverts. I'm, I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert. My recovery requires me to tell on myself at all times because me making the best decisions for myself was the last 20 years. You know what I'm saying? I put the pride down. You know what I'm saying? I honor my past. What I mean is I honor the things I've been through. I appreciate what I've been through. I'm not proud of it. But I, there's so much valuable stuff in our past that we look to change that we shouldn't look to change. I celebrate today. What I mean is I celebrate the opportunity that today is giving me to be better than yesterday. And then I expand for the future. So I learned the lessons from yesterday. I celebrate today with that opportunity. I problem solve today for future opportunities so I can expand for tomorrow. Because I know they say tomorrow is not promised and you know it's not guaranteed. I live as though tomorrow is going to happen for me. And what I mean is not to put things off today so I could do them tomorrow. I learned the lessons I need to learn today. And I, and I apply them as much as I possibly can because I want to be better than tomorrow because I'm in competition with who I was yesterday, I'm not in competition with people no more. And I'm not trying to be better than anybody. I'm just trying to be better than who I was yesterday because at the end of the day, it's, we're going to be alone on this process more than we're going to have people with us. So we're going to have to learn how to become our own best friend, become our own hero. And I think what stops us from becoming our own hero is I think that we don't realize that we're the ones on the front lines of our own lives. We're the ones that are taking the hits. We're the ones that are going through it. You know what I'm saying? And we don't appreciate ourselves enough for that. You know what I'm saying? Once you could see that you're the one that's the one variable that's constant in everything in your life. People, places, and things, I get it. But we're the one variable that's always constant. We are the people, places, and things. You know what I'm saying? We are our own worst enemies. We're our own worst critics. We're the ones that are stopping us. And this is why I, I, I try to push out so much of this, that we are the ones, are, like when people say something to us, it's not their words that hurt us. We have to understand it's our reaction to them words that hurt us. You could call me a crackhead. You call me a junkie. You tell me, go fuck my dead mother. You could say whatever you want to say to me today. I'm not going to give you the privilege of your words to hurt me today. It's just not going to happen. It's not physical touch. You know what I'm saying? And I, like I said before, anger is a privilege that we give people. Why are you giving people that privilege? We're giving people too much power of what we're able to do. The, the people that succeed in life are the people that believe in themselves. It's the people that see something in themselves that other people don't see. Because you got to realize more the reason I think more people are at your funeral than your birthday is because more people would rather see you on your back than see you on your feet. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's just the way this world is built. It's just, you know what I'm saying? And it, this is not meant to be heaven. There's moments of clarity. There's moments of times where we could, you know what I'm saying, have joy and happiness. But if you're looking for it all the time, it's an expectation. Expectations lead to disappointment. Stop expecting things. We, we don't deserve anything. We earn everything we deserve, good or bad in life. And when you understand wherever you want in life, because when deserve makes us feel like we expect something. Just because I went into treatment doesn't mean that I deserve to live a better life. I had to earn that life. I went four months without sleeping because of the methadone detox. I lost my mother on Thanksgiving. I went Christmas without her. I went New Year's without her. I went my birthday without her. I went Mother's Day without her. And I made the constant choice of not picking up. Because at the end of the day, no matter what, we shouldn't be getting high over anything. Because we always have another relapse in us. We don't always have another recovery. We're dropping like flies out here. And I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with us just dying like that. I've taken on the responsibility of going into the darkness and helping other people out of their darkness and into light because that's what we should be doing for us, uh, us addicts. Because addicts get addicts clean. Addicts keep addicts clean, man. You know what I'm saying? There's no one coming for us at the end of the day. Nobody. But once you put yourself in a situation, whether it be NA, AA, inspired, inspired, the sober app, Whatever it is that you could get your life, you could get people in your life that could help you walk on this process. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, it gets easier. It does get easier. When you try to do it alone, that isolation, that's where addiction wants us to be because it speaks to us in our own voice. And I'll give you an example. You ever have something sound so Gucci in your head or something sounds so great in your head, but then you go to tell someone you can't even get the words out? Because it just doesn't sound right. It's because our addiction knows how to manipulate our thoughts. And when we, um, we isolate, it makes us think less of ourselves. It makes us think not worthy of ourselves. Step out of your own way. You know, and we have these lines and I didn't know what they meant. So I needed to find a definition. What I, what I think is meant by step out of your own way is stop asking the question, who are you? Because they, our knowledge limits us. Knowledge without imagination will limit you. What I mean is you're only able to know what you know in that moment. So if you're in active using and you hate yourself, there's no way you're going to be able to see yourself in a better light. Imagination, right? Imagination is needed for innovation. You have to get around people that can let you see what you can imagine because our knowledge will limit us. You know what I'm saying? What we know, if the Wright brothers went on the knowledge of the world at that time, who knows if we would have airplanes right now? They said we couldn't fly, but they didn't believe that. They had innovation. They had imagination. The most beautiful minds in this world imagine something and then they make it possible. You know what I'm saying? And they don't stop until they make it possible. Like my dreams are my dreams. They're nobody else's dreams. I don't need people to give me validation for it. You know what I'm saying? They're my dreams. You know what I'm saying? I'm responsible for making my dreams happen today. And, and don't get me wrong. It wasn't always so, man. Like I, I'm not somebody that, you know, always been like this. I've been in the darkness. I didn't think that this was possible. But I'm glad I was wrong, though. And that's a powerful tool to understand. If anyone, you know, for everyone that's listening to this, understand that you could be wrong about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Understand that, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad I was wrong. Open-mindedness is the opportunity that we could be wrong and someone else could be right about something. You allow your mind to expand like that and understand that, you know what? Maybe I'm not a piece of shit. You know what? Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Because shame and guilt are two different things. Shame is how you feel about yourself. I'm a piece of shit. Guilt is how you feel about a situation. Guilt is actually positive, man. Guilt shows that you have remorse. You know what I'm saying? Remorse means that you understand what you did was wrong, that you know how to do better. So you're not a piece of shit. We just make bad decisions at the end of the day. So like uh, as far as past, present, and future, 
that's it in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I appreciate you allowing me to speak. Absolutely, man. And I appreciate you coming on and, and I feel like my head's just spinning with everything you're talking about, the different perspective shifts. And, and I think that's one of the keys in recovery is, is learning these new perspectives and starting to see the reality of the world. I was reading earlier this week, I was reading uh, Unfuck Your Brain by uh, Faith Harper, and she was talking about anger. And that was kind of what was mm. coming to mind when you were talking about that. And she refers to anger as... Uh, triggered by hurt expectations not met or needs not met and i think that that's that's on point man and i think it's so important for us to continue in our recovery to continue to learn and grow and and learn more about ourselves and and i don't know about you but for me learning about these emotions is so important because i minimize those and and you know killed those emotions with with drugs for so long that now when the emotions arise Sometimes it can be scary and, and it's like, I don't know what to do with these feelings because I've never dealt with them. So I love that you're, that you're constantly learning and growing and evolving and, and seeing these different perspectives. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. I mean, like we, uh, you can't change the weather with your mind, right? You got to sit through the storm and you're never the same person that goes into the storm that comes out of it. So when we go through these feelings, we're going through the storm. You know, for me, like I said, it's God. Like I ask God for courage, wisdom, guidance, and strength. He don't snap his fingers and makes that happen. He puts us through tests that will build that so we can appreciate it, so we can keep it. You know what I'm saying? Like everything in life, you're going to have to earn it. Anything that's given, it's like winning the lotto. They go broke. They didn't earn that money. You know what I'm saying? They blow it. They don't know what to do with it. Mm. But then y'all have someone that makes forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year They'll be able to save and put their kids through college. That'll be able to go on a vacation. Things have more value when you earn them. I used to want you to fix my problem. So when you didn't fix it, I had somebody to blame. Like that's where my set, well, my mindset was at. And you know what I'm saying? As far as like a closing goes for everyone that's listening to this, I understand we think recovery needs to be given to us. We don't need it to be given to us. It's inside of us already. What I mean is our addiction is a trickster. It's a magician. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? And once you understand how a trick is done, it no longer has value. Like I know there's two people in the box. You're not soaring someone in half. So therefore I'm not entertained by your trick, right? So what, my, what I realized my addiction was with me, it had to use the qualities I had within inside of myself and made me use it to be a great at being a drug addict. What I mean is the things we need in recovery, we've been doing in active addiction. On a different perspective, you'll see what I'm talking about. What I mean is grit, right? Grit is doing something you don't want to do. We didn't want to run our lives into the ground, but we did it anyway. We need grit and recovery. That was our grit and active using, right? Motivation, right? And when I woke up and I didn't have money, I still got my drugs that day because I was motivated. We need motivation in recovery, right? Determination. When my first drug dealer didn't pick up, I kept calling until I got my drugs. We need determination in recovery. Critical thinking. I knew whose bags I could skimp because they weren't weighing them out. I, you know what I'm saying? I knew what blocks I couldn't walk down because I owed people money. I was very strategic. We need to be strategic and have courage. I mean, critical thinking and recovery as well. And the last one, courage. I know we don't think we have courage. We have a shitload of fucking courage because we put drugs in our body knowing they could kill us. Courage is doing something, knowing what the end result could be and you do it anyway. Kind of like a soldier going to war. They know they could die, but they have courage because they're going to fight for what they believe in. So the same things that we use in active addiction, we need in recovery is already inside of us. We just need to get around people that are doing it the same. They're doing something the way we want to do it. 
And I think it'll work out for all of us. So in closing, if you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners, if they're interested in contacting you, following along in your journey, hearing some more inspirational words from you, what are some different social media platforms where they can connect with you? Sure. So on TikTok, it's Inspire, the number two, Inspire underscore. Um, I also on my uh, Instagram page, you know, Mike, M-I-K-E, Fiore, F-I-O-R-E, 118. In my bio, you'll be able to see the link to uh, the Sober app that we have going. Sober app basically just brought all the amenities of recovery into one place. You know, we got people with established platforms, recovery coaches, life coaches, podcasts, PDF books, audio books, tracking, community virtual sponsorship, virtual events, everything that you need in recovery is already there with people that we got hundreds and hundreds of years of recovery with the people that are on there. Facebook, you could just go to, you know, Mike and my KE Fiori and all the links and everything will be on each platform. But uh, I do appreciate the opportunity of coming on your show. I love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep giving us a voice, keep giving us a platform and, you know, Facts and truths are two different things, right? Fact is, you and I won't be talking to, we're talking to each other right now, but facts change in a little bit. We won't. The truth is, though, we do recover, though, and we will recover because we can recover. So just keep fighting for your lives. If you need anything, I'm here for you. I love you, man. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. And we'll be chatting again coming up in June. I believe it's June 2nd, if I remember correctly. You're coming on the Recovery Revolution Live. I'm yes. one of the co-hosts over there. So if there's anybody, if there's anybody that's listening to this episode, if you have questions for Mike or you just want to catch Mike again, be sure to tune into that episode. You can talk with both of us live. I see it the second or the sixth. I remember I did both of them, and then there was a mistake. I, I think it's the, <laughs> I think I think it's the second for sure, though. I gotta check my calendar. I had that one locked in. Right. Same. I, I, I can't keep track of different dates and time zones and it's, it's a mess, man, but yeah, we'll be chatting again soon. So if anybody would like to, to talk with you live, that's going to be happening. Uh, yeah, it looks like the second June 2nd. All right, cool. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Thank you again. All right. Yeah. Have a great day, man. I appreciate you. Mike, thank you again for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. And I'm so glad that you brought so many new perspectives to the show. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.